0: mm good evening everyone i hope you are doing well um uh, i want to get into the to this uh in this podcast and i want to look at the book of ezekiel ezekiel chapter thirty three um, chapter thirty three is uh, the watchman on the wall and we're looking at, get get into the details of of that being the one that warns people of danger. So let's get into that. But first, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for your protection, your hedge of protection you put around us um, individually and as a country. Uh, in In spite of our sins, we're still blessed in this country, but judgment is coming if we don't repent and follow 2 Chronicles 7, 14. pray that you give me the clear speech and clear thoughts to present your word according to your will. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to let you know real quick that... Like you can now find my podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Samsung Podcast or Samsung app. And I'm working on a couple more apps, being on a couple more apps. Uh so I'm expanding slowly, but trying to get the podcast out to more people. So if you would to share this and comment on the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and that'll help. Doesn't cost anything, but it'll help uh, spread the word and we need to get the word, the gospel, the word of God to as many people as possible and I'm. Striving to be a usable instrument for the Lord in that. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So we're going to see that the God has appointed watchmen on the wall. This is one of my favorite books or chapters. And in the book of Ezekiel, speaking on the accountability that leaders have. Uh, leaders have been set up as the watchmen on the wall. We've been set up to warn people of danger, warn them of destruction, warn them of enemies coming. Uh, As a pastor, um, not in a, a pastoring a church at the moment, but I have pastored churches in the past as either associate pastor, youth pastor, or senior pastor. And in those roles, um, you're held accountable for what you say or for what you don't say to the congregation or to, to those people. You have an obligation to guide them and direct them in the way of the Lord. And that is by preaching the gospel, preaching the word, the living word of God which is profitable for correction, reproof, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And it is extremely important that when we see the trickeries of the devil, his conniving ways, we see those fiery darts coming our way, and they're threatening the flock, that we warn them. And in Ezekiel here, God is speaking. And God is speaking to Ezekiel. And this is what, when we get into the word of God, we wonder, well, what does God think? What would he say about this situation? The Bible is filled with God's word. I mean, directly coming from his mouth. Saying to his people, this is what you should do. So if we get Ezekiel chapter 33, we look at verse 1. He says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, and this is God speaking to Ezekiel, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, when I bring the sword upon a land, If the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for the watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But, excuse me. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of thy mouth, of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood shall I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he does not turn from it, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered your soul. Therefore, O son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Very um uh, grim words here for the wicked ones, for the stubborn ones. We see the judgment of God. We see that he's just. Just God cannot fall back on his word and, and just change it or change his mind. What he says, when he gives a word, he keeps his word and lives by it. So God here gives the watchman. And that's us as Christians, leaders, especially and Christians, those that trust God. We've been given a job to warn others of the impending doom coming. You see that God has told us to warn the wicked of their wicked ways. Verse 8, he says, When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at your hand. There's many, many, many people that will die and go to hell. We as Christians have the obligation to warn them that they're going to die and go to hell. Because many of these people do not understand that, or believe that, that they're going to go to a place called the Lake of Fire. Many people don't believe it, claim to be atheist, um, agnostic, whatever it is. But the case is that Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When they leave this earth to eternity, they will be reckoned with. It's our job to warn them that because of their wicked ways, they're going to a terrible place. It's our, our job to warn them. That's, that's our job to say... If you're a murderer, you will be judged for it. You are condemned to hell for it. If you're a thief and you continue to steal, you're condemned to hell for it. If you are a fornicator and you continue to fornicate, you are condemned to hell. If you're an adulterer, same goes for that. If you're a homosexual, same goes for that you're condemned to hell if you continue to live in that sin and if we as Christians who are saved we put our faith and trust in Christ do not tell people that and just lull them to sleep preach love God's love and his uh he loves us so much and we some I've heard some that say that Jesus loves you so much that he would he wouldn't send anyone to hell. Uh, I would like to say here that he doesn't send anyone to hell. He's provided a way of escape. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross was so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. You are sending yourself to hell for rejecting the free gift. For rejecting the redemption, the labor of love that Christ committed on the cross. He took your sins. He died for you so you could live. You're the one that is condemned to hell because of your actions. Because of your rejection of the Son of God. And for what he did on the cross. So a lot of people think, well they we're our own people. We decide what we want to do. We have our own free will. It's up to us. It is, except that God gave the watchman the, the job to warn people. So I try to be diligent in that in warning people of their impending doom, but also giving them good news, the gospel, the fact that they can have eternal life. They can be saved, that they can, uh, live forever without sin, without pain, without sorrow, and they can have joy and that they can have peace that passes all understanding. You have to uh, balance it. You have to give both, the whole word, the whole counsel of God, the good and the bad. You have to warn people of the dangers that are coming so that they understand why they need to be saved if they don't know of the danger why would they say why would someone yell out save me save me if there was nothing to be rescued from they have to understand they're in danger and in need of help to call out for help that's why we're here to warn now looking in our current situation physically there are Uh, several things to be concerned about or be prepared for. And that is, as I've mentioned previously, is the uh, food shortages. And I've preached on this recently, the fact that Jesus, when he came to the disciples after he had died and was buried, After he rose again, and you can see this in the book of John, uh, I think it's chapter 21. You can see that the, the, the disciples were in Lake Tiberias fishing. And they'd fished many hours and didn't catch anything. Well, Jesus, in his resurrected body, came to the bank closest to them. And told them to cast their net on the opposite side of the ship. And when they did so, they caught so many fish that their boat, their nets began to break. So they made it to the bank and they ended up catching 153 fish. Those must have been some big fish. And they, they, so they were able to harvest those and they had food to feed their family and their villages there. Well, one thing you notice is that. Jesus, in his compassion for us, for his disciples, noticed that he had built a fire and that he had cooked food. He cooked fish on the fire. Jesus cares about us and has compassion for us. And he exercised his compassion for the disciples in that he prepared them food to eat, and that instantly showed them his compassion. We have to do the same for others around us. Uh, Some can be saved by immediately preaching to them, showing them their ill state and rescuing them from the fire immediately and they'll be glad that you did some it takes a little more time a little more coaxing they have to learn to trust you and trust what you say and one of the ways to reach those sort of people is that is to show them compassion for them and their well-being and jesus gave us that example in that when people were thirsty he gave them water to drink. When they were hungry, he gave them food to drink. When they were naked, he gave them clothes to wear. So we, being his representatives and being his ambassadors on this earth now that he has ascended back to heaven for the time being, We have to represent him and who he is. And the only way to do that, to show people Jesus, is to show him his love and compassion for them. So we must help them. One of the ways that I am doing that now is that I'm warning you and urging you to share these these podcasts with all of your friends and family. Is that we are in a crisis here in the United States and it is globally there's many places but there's only so much I can do but I can warn you and it's up to you to take my warning and heed it to to listen to it or not um, but there's going to there are already food shortages and they're deliberate by our, our uh, government they are trying to Um, starve us into submission. And it's in the early stages, really. And I never thought this would ever happen in America again. But, you know, as our founding fathers realized that tyranny cannot be tolerated, uh, you know, they realized that some things were self-evident and some things were inalienable rights, the life of the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They realized that there was a point that when God gave us these inalienable rights, that there was no man that could take them away from us. God gave them to us as rights. And as the United States of America, we knew we, we we fought for our freedom. We fought against tyranny, against tyrannical rule, and we freed ourselves. Well, it's going back to that state of tyranny. We're living under tyranny now, with um the regime that's installed now with the face of Biden. He's not really leading, he's just a puppet. But anyway the plans are still being carried out to a degree but one of the things they're doing now since they've shut down the oil pipelines is that they're creating shortages and in in an earlier podcast I went through their the um the fact that they're exterminating our food supply that in chickens and hogs and They killed 5.3 million chickens in a plant in Iowa, claiming that they found one case of bird flu. So they had to kill 5.3 million chickens. And so this week they are in the process of killing 1.3 chickens. Uh, I can't remember where. And there are poultry farms in the south that are, that are supply Walmarts. But they are, the, the poultry farms are not getting orders for their eggs. And so they put five semi-truckloads of eggs on ice. Because they're not getting orders to, for anyone to buy them. So they're just sitting there. And there are Walmarts without eggs. So somebody is orchestrating a shortage. We have a shortage of baby formula. And there are some people panicking over that. North Carolina had I was just looking up something. I had heard that at one point, North Carolina had banned the sell or trade of chickens because of the bird flu. Supposed bird flu. Uh, so one thing i don't know if i'm mentioning it on here or not but the this isn't food but just little things that you notice is that just weird stuff is a shortage of bubble excuse me this pollen is thick and in in these parts it's getting to me apologize for that the um a shortage of bubbles okay so my kids like to play outside with bubbles and it's been hard to find them it's crazy but you can't find bubbles so I did find some at a certain store but this like hit or miss it's weird but the crisis is the food so I have a podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it, on Victory Gardens. And I, I, go, I read through the history of Victory Gardens. It started in um, World War One, and continued through or came back in World War Two, And the Americans realized that the support that they needed um, by growing their own food and so about i think it was 60% of americans had their own gardens and they started growing them in their windowsills and parks um wherever you could stick a garden they did and we're going to have to get back to that because there's a global globalist agenda to try to starve us out and try to to make us um, subservient to them, to their wishes, and I'm an American, so I'm not giving into that. They instilled a lot of fear in a lot of people through the COVID lockdowns, and they're going to try to threaten people uh, this fall with about a hundred cases, hundred thousand cases, or hundred million cases. It, whatever the number is, is they're going to try to scare people into submission. take more jabs again the jabs is killing a lot of people and there's if you go back through my podcast i've mentioned this the fact that the potential of a mass die-off is there because of what the ingredients in these jabs um and it's just wait they're just waiting for the winter to come and there's going to be a lot of people die off that had taken the jab and there's already been over uh, over a million adverse f- events because of the jab. And most likely around 500,000 people have died from the jab. I know people personally that have died from it. <clears throat> I have co-workers that have uh, stated that... Th- their family members have died. And one person tell me that they had three in-laws on three family members on their in laws side that had died within a week or so of taking the jab. So it's a serious deal. So I urge you, if you do not take any of these shots, none of them. And if you've taken them already, do not take any more. And I don't have time on this podcast to get into the details of that, but don't take any. It's too dangerous. But the those that those that have taken it, there's a very high, high risk of dying now. Which is sad. Uh, but that's the case. So I urge you to uh Take it to the Lord in prayer. He is the great physician. He is the healer. No matter what happened, he he can resolve it if you trust him. Now again, he expects us to uh, trust his word and to use logic and common sense and make decisions. Because after all, he's given us free will. So there's consequences to our actions and what we decide to do. That's why we need to be informed with what we do. And on that note, I would like to say that I have studied a lot in the past two years about uh, vaccines and what they do, what their risks are. And I've learned a lot, a lot more than I knew previously. And I, I've, I'd I've i always known that there was dangers with them. I just did not know to what extent. I didn't know the extent of the evil behind them either. So when COVID broke out, I just started digging and digging and studying everything I could, finding all the experts I could and studying their work and listening to what they had to say until I could figure out you know, what was true, what was not, um, what was the extent of it or whatnot. So it was a lot of studying, a lot of podcast, a lot of listening, uh, a lot of reading in books too. So, but the devil, you know, just as, I trust God as my Lord and Savior because I know He is God. I know He's my Savior. I know He's Lord, and I trust Him. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that He is my Lord and Savior. Well, the opposite of that is true, that the devil, just as good as God is, the devil is as bad. The opposite, he is terrible. He is wicked. He walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Devour. It's like people don't understand what that means. They don't get it. The devil is not your friend. He wants to kill you. And so the devil, just like God here called the watchman and set the watchman on the wall to warn the people of danger coming... The devil takes people and he uses these people to carry out his wicked plans, his plans of destruction, his plans of terror, his plans of killing other people, especially killing God's people. The devil is wicked. So he carries these out with wicked people. There's good people and there's wicked people. There's lost people and there's saved people. There's only, the only two sides. We're lost without Christ or we've been saved because we've accepted his free gift. We've accepted the redemption that he provided to us. And it's to anyone that will accept it. And, pro- and proclaim it with their voice that he is the son of God that he did go to the cross he did die on the cross he was crucified he was buried and he rose again on the third day proclaim that confess it with your mouth he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness He said he would cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to remember them again. So I encourage you to agree with that and encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and your family. Share the warning. And as a watchman on the wall, you are held accountable for what you say or don't say, so step up, speak out, speak the truth, and warn everyone you can of the danger that's coming.